Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. Why? Because he has been born of God. Wait a minute. (laughs) Is this saying that we can be sinless? Absolutely not. This does not mean that we will never sin. What this means is that we won't continue to willfully sin by deliberately disobeying God. Why? Because we love Him. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. When we love someone, we want to make them happy. We want to do things and behave in such a way that brings them joy. As Pastor J.D. explains, that is one of the ways we express love to our Heavenly Father. While we will never be sinless, our love for Him should drive us to break free of and move away from and desire to never return to the sin in our lives. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Then that toddler grows into a child of God that grows into, hopefully, a man or woman of God maturing in Christ and growing in grace. And that's how you'll know. I mean, that might be an oversimplification, but that's how you know when someone is born again. Now, what about where Paul refers to this test? Is there really a test that we can give ourselves and use to examine ourselves to see whether or not we are truly in the faith? Well, Alan Ridpath explained it this way. To examine yourself, in fact, is to submit to the examination and scrutiny of Jesus Christ the Lord. And this never to fix attention on sin, but on Christ and to ask him to reveal that in you which grieves his spirit, which, if you're born again, is indwelling you. To ask him to give you grace that it might be put away and cleansed in his precious blood. Self-examination, I love this, takes the chill away from your soul. It takes the hardness away from your heart. It takes the shadows away from your life. It sets the prisoner free. I suppose the question becomes, okay, what is the test? And how can we know for a certainty that we are truly born again of the Spirit of God. Last week we took a tour through Scripture, and this week I want to take us on another tour through Scripture. And this time is to answer this question, and I want to start with what Jesus said concerning one being born again. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus said to him, speaking of Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, and of course Nicodemus goes on to 
question the Savior concerning how can one be born again? You can't go back into your mother's womb. Of course, speaking of the physical birth, and Jesus answers and says, no, this is a spiritual birth. You're born again spiritually. Paul writing to the Corinthians in this second epistle back in chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I like that better than some of the other translations that render it a new creature. I don't want to be a creature. (laughs) I want to be a new creation. Regeneration. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your desires are new. You no longer desire the things of old. You now are a new creation and you have new desires and you desire the things of God. You desire and crave the word of God. First John chapter five. By the way, we're going to be in first John back and forth. You might want to, I would certainly encourage you to turn to first John. Really the entire epistle is just fabulous. But the apostle John in chapter five of his first epistle, verse 12 says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that, and this is key, please listen, that you may know, know that you have eternal life. I like to call this life assurance. You have the assurance, the blessed assurance You can know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. In chapter 3 of 1 John, verses 14 and 15, we know that we have passed from death to life. We do? Yeah. How? Watch this, because we love, love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Please take this one word love and from that view everything we're about to see through that lens. The lens of love. It all comes down to this one word love. If I'm truly born again, I am truly in Christ and he's in me, it will be evidenced by my love. By my love. And that's what we're going to see through this lens of love. 1 John 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Okay. And everyone, and here it is, 
who loves him, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him. What? In other words, if I'm born again, I am going to love God and the begotten of God. Interesting, right? Is that not John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on, pastor, this is a firm grasp of the obvious, is it? Is it? Perhaps you, like me, would allow the Holy Spirit unfettered access to the deep recess of your heart, that he might search your heart, search our hearts, to see if there be anything at all that would keep us from knowing him and loving him. And then allow him to put his finger on it, identify it, and then remove it. That which has taken up residence in your life that has no business being there. John goes on to say, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Don't get weird on this. We're going to come back to what he's saying here. He says, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hang on. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Let me say it this way before we go on to verse 9. There's an inseparable connection between knowing God and loving God. Knowing God and loving God. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then he says it again in verse 11. Beloved, 
This is John, the apostle of love. (laughs) If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I lost count, but I don't know how many times he uses the word love and links the word love to knowing God, to being born of God. Love, love. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus is speaking. Here's the warning. Beware of false prophets, like the super apostles, the false apostles there in Corinth, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. How do you know? Oh, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes? from thorn bushes or figs, from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. That's how you'll know. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Uh, how do I know that's a, an apple tree? Oh, it has apples? That's how. I know that's an apple tree because it bears the fruit of an apple. Please know that I have no intentions of insulting anybody's intelligence, but it's really quite simple, isn't it? This is how you're going to know? Jesus says, you'll know by the fruit that's on the tree of their life. Is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? What kind of fruit? I like how one said it, we're not judges. We're fruit inspectors. We don't wear the robe of a judge. We wear the badge of a fruit inspector. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, well, we're not to judge one another. Wait just a moment. Not so fast. We're to have good judgment. We're not judges, but we're to have good judgment. And we are to inspect Examine, if you prefer, the fruit. And not just in the life of another, but really in my own life. What kind of fruit am I bearing in my life? Would you be surprised to know that there's actually one fruit? There's only one fruit. Wait a minute, I thought, Pastor, there were the fruits, plural, of the Holy Spirit. No. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. It's singular. Paul writing to the churches in Galatia does not say, but the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. He says, rather, but the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is what? Love. Love. Listen. We're not going to get away from this word love. It's there at every turn. And it needs to be. That's the fruit. The fruit of love. 
Now, from the fruit of love comes joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Is not the law fulfilled vis-a-vis love? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, the first five, and love your neighbor as yourself, the second five? Is that not the greatest commandment that supersedes the law, even fulfills the law? Think about it. How can I have joy if I don't have love? Let me take it further. If I have not love, how could I ever experience peace? If I don't have love, it's not peace, it's turmoil. And certainly if I don't have love, I'm not going to be (laughs) long-suffering. And if I don't have love, how is it possible for me to be kind? And if I don't have love, there's no goodness. There's no faithfulness. There's certainly no gentleness, and there's absolutely no self-control. They all come by way of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Love. First John chapter 2, verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. First John 3, 9. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. What? Hang on. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin. Why? Because he has been born of God. Wait a minute. <laughs> is this saying that we can be sinless? Absolutely not. This does not mean that we will never sin. What this means is that we won't continue to willfully sin by deliberately disobeying God. Why? Because we love Him. When I was a child growing up, my mom in her thick accent would always say to me, Wahido, if you loved me, you would obey me. I'm like, I must not love my mom because I'm such a disobedient, rotten child. What she was saying was, when you disobey me, you hurt me. You hurt me because I love you. When you love God, you don't want to do anything to grieve him. You don't want to do anything that is going to hurt the heart of the one you love. I love my wife. And whenever I do something or don't do something, which is not very often because, of course, I'm a perfect husband, such a godly man. Is there a lightning bolt coming down anywhere there? (laughs) Um, But what really hurts me is to know that I've hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. I love her. I don't want to hurt her. I want to do anything that is going to hurt her, because I love her. First John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 
If we say that we have no sin, John's going to clarify this now, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. John 13 verse 35. Here's the bottom line in closing. And I say all that I've said to simply say this. By this, Jesus said, all will know that you are my disciples. By what? If you have love for one another. Here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. Do I have this love? Does someone see me as a Christian because I have a fish on the back of my car? Do they think I'm a Christian because of the size of my Bible? Do they see me as a Christian because I go to church on Sundays occasionally? Is that how they are going to know? No. There's one way to know, and this is the answer to the test. This is how they're going to know that I'm a JD a Jesus disciple, a disciple of Jesus. It's going to be by my love for one another. That's how. Show me a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ who's born again of the Spirit of God, and I'll show you somebody who loves. They love. Let me take it one step further and we'll close. Please listen. The one who's been forgiven of much, loves much. And this is where the love comes from. And when you think about how much God has forgiven you of, because of his love for you, his unconditional agape love for you, and you've been forgiven of so much, the response is to love much. That's where the love comes from. You've been forgiven of much. And so, as a result, you will love much. The book of 2 Corinthians has much to teach us, but sadly, that's all we have time for in today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Be sure to join us again, though, as Pastor J.D. Farag continues teaching his verse-by-verse study through the book of 2 Corinthians. In the meantime, you can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well and receive new messages as soon as they're available. You can also download our mobile app for iPhone and Android, and you'll always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. You'll also want to check out Pastor JD's Aloha Prophecy Update. 
Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. shares the current events and how they relate to the end-time prophecies described in the Bible. The purpose behind these updates is to take a practical look at the end times and how events occurring around the world coincide with biblical prophecy. Pastor J.D. hopes the information he provides stirs in us an urgency to share the gospel and make sure all have heard the good news of Jesus before he returns to judge the world. There's much to learn each week, and Pastor J.D. does a great job of getting us the information we need. You can find new and previous updates by going to our YouTube channel. Just search the Aloha Prophecy Update on YouTube. We hope today's message has touched your life and left you craving more from the Word of God. Join Pastor J.D. next time for another in-depth look at the book of 2 Corinthians, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me truth.